Hey, Taro, inside the LAProductions.us studio, first some sounds from The Butcher on History, and then when we come back, we'll be unplugged and totally uncut with Colby Donaldson. Three. Get ready. Two. For some grade A competition. One. Cut. Four butchers. I'm not concerned with my competitors. It's me versus the clock. Three rounds. You will be using the oldest tools known to butchers. Boom. And one mystery meat. Ostrich. Python. Alligator. Oh my God. I have never butchered a gator. It's time. 15 minutes left. To raise. I screwed this up really bad. The stakes. That was intense. The Butcher on History. Hey, good morning, Arrow. Man, I'll tell you what. You are doing something that I have just been waiting for and biting at the bit. You are reaching beyond sound with this show because, you know, we have all these chefs on TV, but we never get to see the butcher who prepares the meat. That's right. So this is sort of everything that takes place uh, prior to the... To the uh, to the, any number of the cooking shows that we see on TV. That's right. And it truly is a skill what they do, isn't it? I mean, not, not any Tom, Dick, or Harry can walk in and say, well, I'm the butcher. There, there really is an art to what they're doing. Well, you hit it. Uh, skill and art. You're exactly right. So this is a... This is one of the oldest professions and, and truly a craft as well in our country. Uh, and, and what was amazing to watch uh, throughout the series, and we filmed, we filmed the whole thing uh, in January and February, uh, was just the degree of camaraderie all these butchers have, male, female, all, every state. You know, we had some coming down from Canada. You know, they're so proud to be a part of of the craft and the profession of butchery uh, but they also just it's a it's a fraternity among these people and they just they enjoyed working alongside one another this isn't your typical competition reality show you know where everybody's trying to to stab each other in the back and, and cut their way to the to the um, to the finish line no pun intended but in this one they they truly did i think learn from one another you have old school butchers that are second, third, fourth generation butchers that have been d- been doing it the same way their whole lives, got some age and some experience on them. And then you had some of these new school butchers, most of whom came from maybe a culinary background. They are chefs, accomplished uh, uh, chefs or cooks in their own right. And, and they wanted to learn more about, you know, how that protein makes it from the ranch or farm to the plate. And so they got into butchery for that reason. Um, and they ended up coming at it from a different approach and a different technique, but having just as sharp a skills as some of the old school traditional butchers that we had. The show we're talking about is The Butcher on History Channel. What is so great about this show is it, it, it's not ego against ego, but rather it, even the viewers can be like almost interactive TV because we ourselves are going to be learning something. Yep, there's definitely a learning curve uh, for the viewer as as well as those butchers there. And and what we also tried to do throughout the show is obviously these butchers are good at what they do. So for us, the challenge was to get them out of their comfort zone, throw them a curveball. And we would do that both uh, with the animals, uh, you know, uh, trying to introduce something maybe they haven't ever butchered before. Episode one last week, it was a 10-foot alligator. You know, we've got pythons coming up, elk, bison, uh, ostrich, you know, all of these animals that are that are uh, that are definitely plentiful, you know, so they're easy easy to get, and and the means by which we procure them are no different than than a restaurant or a meat market. Um, but it's but it's an animal that probably these butchers haven't tackled before. Then on top of that, we'll throw them a curveball in the tool that they're required to use, whether that's a flint knife, um, which the you know Native Americans used a lot when they were um, uh, skinning and carving their meat. Um, we had them use a, a big 
historically significant two-handed meat cleaver last week, which I think was was the first time uh, any of those guys had ever used one of that. That thing's 11 pounds in and of itself. So, again, just trying to get the butchers out of their comfort zone and, um, you know, and, and have them uh, you know, doing something exciting and fun, but also learning something new. I grew up in the state of Montana where we had the bison and we also had the elk. And, you know, you know, I'm kicking myself in the butt for not paying attention to how when those people would come in there to, to do the carving, I, I never paid any attention to it. Well, and, and to the two you just mentioned, uh, bison and elk, just two of the, two of the best tasting yep. uh, meats or proteins you're ever going to consume. Uh, and we've done a great job of bringing... Uh, the bison back from what was very close to extinction uh, and now they're proliferating and, and we've got them all over and and man, I mean, there's nothing better than a good bison burger. So he's so right about that. But w- what about the python, though? Because I once had a bow constrictor, but I never thought about opening him up. Is there really good meat inside a python? Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of meat, you know, and they say, obviously, you cut it into ch- small chunks, you deep fry it, it, it oh, everybody yeah. always says, oh, it tastes like chicken. Well, it kind of does in that <laughs> regard, but we actually gr- we actually grilled it up on the show, and, and the reason we had pythons, um, a lot of people don't realize, pythons are obviously not native uh, to the United States, but they've become and are considered and categorized as an invasive species in Florida. We've got a real problem with them down there. So um, so the state pays to have them harvested, and, and a lot of people are eating snake, and specifically python now. And so it was, it was something we brought into one of our episodes where that challenge is named um, uh, Meet the Invaders, and there are three different species of animals we use, and they're all, they've all become invasive species in, in the United States. So the butchers, again, the, the butchers that were remaining in the competition at that point um, had not ever uh, attempted to butcher a python. Um, some of them had an easy time with it. Some of them, you know, it, it's just a, a lot more learning curve. Now, the logic for us is any good butcher that's been doing it a long time and knows anatomy should be able to feel his or her way around on an animal once they're skinned, once you get down to the musculature, um, to figure out where the, the tender parts of meat are versus the tough, uh, and then work accordingly. And so the really good butchers will do that, and, and, and we watched it, and, and it'll, it'll be on the show, uh, even though they may not have ever uh, specifically handled one of those um, uh, one of those animals before. What I noticed really quickly in in uh, uh, episode number one was how you you know the camera really hones in on the thought process of a butcher that this isn't something they jump into, but it's actually studying the craft. It is. It's studying you know the craft. It's studying the meat, and it's always being mindful um, of your customer. You know the whole thing is 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 what we challenge them to do is is get as much yield we don't want any of the meat wasted so we want you know them to 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 get as much yield off of the animal as we can but then it also needs to be presented exactly the way they would in their display case back in their butcher shop at home you know it needs to look good um and then of course one of our judges who's also a a pro chef and the restaurant owner um, has a place in New York City. She's from Chicago. She takes some of the meat and grills it up uh, at the end just to, to put it to the test. Was it cut properly? Is it a good choice in terms of a cut? Uh, and as a result, is it going to grill up nicely and, and hold together and, and uh, chew well and everything else? So we get an element of cooking in there, even though it's by uh, by and large, certainly a, a butcher show. A couple of seconds ago, you were talking about from the ranch to the table. That is a big thing down here in Carolina right now. People are always at the farmer's market, and, and they do have the fresh cuts of meat and all that kind of stuff. A show like this on the History Channel, this is going to educate those that go to the farmer's market to know a better cut. 
No question. I mean, I learned a ton, too, uh, and I grew up on a ranch uh, doing this very thing, the ranch to table, whether it was um, beef cattle we have or goats or, or my, my favorites, you know, venison and just deer. I just I love uh, I love venison. And so it, it is it is a big thing now. You're right. The movement is upon us for sure. And what's interesting about the show is just being able to to, to self-educate so that you know more the next time you go. And you don't have to go to the butcher shop. I mean, most people get their meat just going to the supermarket. Um, but by watching this, you just you learn a lot more about what types of cuts not only are the tender or best, it's, you know, people know the traditional filet and that sort of thing, but why other cuts taste better because of the mar- marbling, the various things that add flavor, the bone in, all those things that I think a lot of people uh, might be interested to learn. Now, uh, during the show, Will we learn anything more about bone soup? Because I'll tell you what, the bones at butcher shops, I mean, they're they're charging some big dollars for those bones. Yeah, you're exactly right. It used to be the bones, you know, you say the bones, take them home to your dog, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. Now, you're putting them in the broth, uh, you're slow cooking them all day long, and so you're exactly right, again. And I think I, what, I, what I like about it is it goes towards the mindset of, of waste nothing, right. right? So you think you've, you've cut all the meat off the bone, we can't possibly do anything with it. Well, sure we can. We can throw it in a pot of stew or in a, a, a big soup pot uh, and let that slow cook all day. You're going to pull a ton of flavor out of that.